1 Peter here, we have a uh, passage, and many of you, of course, just were listening. I hope you were listening, but I want you to notice the very first verse. Who was it written to here? The what? Elders that are among you, I exhort, all right? We say elders here because it's not just the elderly or the older, what the terms we would use, uh, maybe for the elderly, but that's the elderly, the, the more mature. Um, those of you that are here tonight, I know it's a Sunday night. I know maybe for various reasons, other people um, are unable to make it back for Sunday night service, but oft oftentimes, I know as pastor, I'm sure your church is very much the same. This is a very good um, I mean, obviously all the church is a body, but this is kind of like that core crowd that comes back and, and just is here always and, and appreciate, I'm sure your pastor appreciates your consistency, your faithfulness, your love for the Lord. Uh, but that, that uh, elderly, mature Christian, maybe mature in the Lord, growing in the Lord as you're continuing to grow and mature and, and, um, and, and, and grow closer to him and to be, want to be continually more like him. Uh, but we have this, this passage here. Now going over, I want you to jump to verse number seven. I, want, I gotta make sure I have enough time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know, as we travel through the roads or the path that God has for us here in life, sometimes it's, it's an easier road. Sometimes it's... Um, more like, you know, going down the highway where you're only half in and half out and you're just kind of just smooth sailing. Other times you're, it's a little bumpy and you're going through some uh, back roads or more, less uh, trodden roads and you're having to be careful for potholes and you're being careful in your vehicle or there's speed bumps or whatever it might be. Uh, but, you know, that as we're traveling through the life, uh, this life, sometimes it's smooth, sometimes it's easy, uh, easier sailing. I mean, you're still putting money in the tank, right? So anytime we're traveling, it's costing us for sure, and it, and it does. But it's, it's smoother as we're driving along or as we're going through life. Other times, there's some, some pretty good-sized potholes. There's some detours, right, uh, as we're going through life. It might be health, might be family, might be finances, but oftentimes there's detours that have to be taken or new route that has to be taken. We have to reroute and we wonder, you know, God, do you care? Do you, do you care, God? And I understand this is, again, the Sunday night crowd, but at the same time, just like this morning and Peter asking God, is it really worth it? You know, you know why he asked that question? Because he's human. And you know why we ask and even think the question sometimes, God, do you care? We know he cares, right? We know he cares. But we still sometimes ask the question, God, do you care? Do you care? Do you understand? Do you see what I'm facing here? Do you see what we're going through, what, we, what's the, what is presented before us? So I would just want to go through this just briefly here tonight and, and go step by step, but casting. Look at the first verse, casting, casting. You know, in the, in the present tense, it's meaning to keep on casting. We've got to cast. We've got to continue to cast, get rid of it with no string attached. You know, sometimes we will take our burden to the Lord. The songwriter says, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there, right? Sometimes we will take our burden to the Lord and we'll leave it there at the altar. We'll say, Lord, it's yours. I, I give it to you. I leave it there and we tie a string to it and then we walk away. And then maybe later, 
gradually that burden comes back to us. And we start the memories or the problems or the issues that come back. And then before long, we've got the burden again. Then we take it back to him and we give it to him again and say, Lord, I leave it with you. And then before long, it feels like we've got it again. But we've got to be casting, to cast your burden to the Lord. It will oftentimes seem to come, seemingly come back. There's people that will say, you know, I've, I've gotten the victory over this burden, this trial, this problem, and, and we do, don't we? But it's like sin. You can get the victory over sin, right? Man, I got the victory, bless God, woo! And lo and behold, somehow, man, wait a minute, I got the victory over that, how'd that happen? Because it comes back, because we're flesh, because we're human, we're sinful, and we don't have that new body yet, Amen. Someday won't it be nice to have that new body and it won't ever come back. What a joy it will be. What a, what a wonderful thing. But casting, to present, to give, to leave it there. We attach sometimes attach string to it, but we keep, we've got to keep on casting our burden to the Lord. It's not because the Lord gives it back to us. You notice I didn't say God doesn't give the burden back. God doesn't force us to sin again, right? He doesn't, no, no, I've had the burden long enough. Here, it's yours. You carry it for a while. No, 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 no. It's because we take it back. It's because we take it back. Because we begin to feel guilty. We allow Satan to put whatever guilt in our mind or whatever it might be, and then we take that burden back upon us. But we've got to cast our burden unto the Lord. So we've got to continue to give it to, casting all, all. So, uh, 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 of course, what is this? Casting how, how much care? All of it. We've got to cast all of our burden to the Lord. So now, nah, Lord, I can handle part of it. I, I just need you to take some of it. We've got to just cast it to him and leave it there. Casting all your burden, whatever it might be, our worries, our problems, our needs, uh, it, it, we've got to cast them unto the Lord. Whatever needs it might be, you may have financial needs. You may have emotional, physical maybe spiritual, uh, that you have uh, a burden, but we've got to cast it unto the Lord and leave it there. We've got to. Philippians in chapter number four, we read it, I think, in Sunday school this morning, but my God shall supply all your need according. It doesn't say my God shall supply part of your need, right? He's not going to stop short. He's not going to say, well, I'll take care of some, but no, nah, I'm not going to take care of all your need. No, he takes care of all of our need, just like we need to cast all of our burden unto him. Absolutely everything. If it's a burden, cast it to him. Let him have it. He can, he can do a much better job with handling that burden than we can. He's, he's been doing this, he's, and he's wanting to do this. Fathers, you know, you remember when your kids were growing, some of you still with young kids, and you see them struggling and struggling and struggling with something. And, and to some degree as a dad, you sit back and you let them, whatever it might be. Maybe it's, remember back in the day when they used to have trouble opening a, a package, a chip bag or something? And they're grunting and pulling. They can't figure out how to get it open. And you just sit back and you think, man, you know, but they say, can I help you? Ah, I got it. You know, and ah, I got it. I, okay. And you watch them struggle and struggle and struggle. And finally, they're, you know, they say, all right, Dad, help me. You know, is that the way we are with God? 
struggle and we struggle and we struggle with things. And God just sits back and says, I can help you with that. Just cast it to me. I, I'd love to help you with that. I, that's not that difficult. You're making that way more difficult than it is. And you're like, I got this, God. I've got it. He says, you, you look like you do, right? Like our kids. And they say, ah, yeah, yeah, you look like you got it. You know? But, but we've got to cast that burden unto the Lord. All of our burden. All of our burden. Cast it unto the Lord. The burdens. What's the burdens? The problems. The heartache. The heartaches that we have. Uh, that we carry. That we deal with. The worries even that we have. I just talked about some of my worries. It's just, it's worries. Okay, nothing happened. But it's just some of those worries. And I have to say, Lord, it's yours. It's yours. Because if I let those worries roll in my mind and in my heart, then I begin to doubt God, right? I begin to doubt his plan. I begin to doubt, well, you know what? Why, why do I do this? Why do we do this? Why don't we just stay home? Why don't we just stay home? And I told my wife, I said, Ben, I thought, honestly, I thought that as a pastor, the, the rigid schedule uh, of, of pastoring and, and, and just, you know, just the, the schedule of pastoring. And of course, we ran a camp and did so many different things over the years. And then we added to it missions. And, and I thought, my goodness, you know, when I resign as the pastor, man, man that, that'll be a, a little bit of a load lifted off. And it just got busier. 21 countries this year. You know, multiple just traveling, 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 and the burden, and yet, but, but listen, I just have to keep casting it to him and say, God, you, you, you I know you're not giving me more than I can handle. I know you're not giving, but, but why would it, boy, it'd be easier if I just had, you know, my family at home. Why is my, my kids going off to different countries now? My son planning uh, here shortly to go into Thailand, and, and you know, why, God, what, what is going on here? It's a lot more heartache and stress rather than, you know, they're just running down the road to Duncan. Yeah, I understand they can get in a car accident there too, right? Or even worse yet, road rage at Duncan driving. Drive-through, yeah, it's crazy, those people in need of coffee. But, uh, but anyhow, you know, we've got to cast our burden to them, our worries to the Lord. The daily problems that we have, whether it be work, school, future, things that have happened in the past, but we've got to cast them, cast all your care, all your care. And who do we cast it to? The next word, him. We've got to cast it to Jesus. We've got to cast it to Jesus. You can never, or we ought not ever be able to, you know, we can't make the statement that God's a liar. He says, cast it to me. And he, he won't. He stands at the door and knocks. If you open, what's the command? What's the promise? He'll come in, right? He's never, if, if he's knocking and anyone's ever opened the door, he's always gone in. Always. Always. He tells us to pray. And he says, if you ask, ye shall receive. We've always received. You say, well, I didn't receive it the same way I asked it. Well, maybe you didn't, but you did receive. Amen? You did receive. We all receive because if you ask, you shall receive. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Right? So the, uh, the, God is not the liar. 
he put, tells us to put him, test him. You know, by the way, you know, the word of God gives us that example. I didn't get to it this morning. But God tells us to prove him. He tells us to prove him. You know when he tells us to prove him? With our money. He says, just prove me. Just test me. See what happens. Just test me. You give and you see what happens. Prove me. God's almost daring us to test him. Because, why? Because he's the God of his word. He's truthful. He's honest. Uh, and he'll never, 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 ever can we say that he's failed us. For you. Let's go to the next one. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Let's go to the for you. He cares if you're saved or not. If, you're, if you don't know him as your savior this, this evening, he cares about that. You know, he cares for those who don't know him as their savior. Who have not put all of their faith and trust in him. He cares for you too. Who did Jesus come to save? All. He came to seek and to save. All. Anyone. For whosoever shall call. Anyone. That's, that was the purpose for you. For he, for he cares for us. For me. He cares for your worries. He cares for your pain. He cares for your heartache. He cares for all of it. I'm not going to get anyone hopefully in trouble here, but, you know, there's husbands and wives in this room that I know you love each other and you've been together for many, many years. I'm not going to ask how many of you ladies have ever been telling your husband about a care of yours and you think he may, may have fell asleep on you while you were talking. I'm, I'm not, we're not going any deeper than that right there, okay? Say, did you hear what I was telling you? Yeah. No, you didn't. You fell asleep. Say, how do you know that? I, other people have told me. I know, you know, you know how it is. No, because, you know, and then, and then you wives, you think, man, don't you care about what I'm telling you? Yes, I do, I do. Just tell me it in daylight hours. But... You know, but God doesn't fall asleep on us. Amen? Ladies, God cares. So my husband doesn't. Okay, listen. That's why you have a God. Okay? Your husband will disappoint you sometimes, maybe. But, uh, but you have a God who cares. He cares for you. He cares for everything that we are facing, all that we're going through. He cares for you. How do we know he cares? He cares because, A, I already said he doesn't lie. It would be impossible for God to lie. Hebrews tells us this. It's impossible. What he had to go through to get uh, to give us the opportunity for salvation, for eternal life, he cares for us. He cares for us. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. No one. No one's ever cared for you like Jesus. No one's ever cared for us like he has cared. He cares for you. Young person, whoever you might be in this room, Satan's lying to you and saying, mom and dad don't care. My family doesn't care. The pastor doesn't care. You know, Satan can get you to believe any kind of lie, but you ought to never be able to believe the lie God doesn't care. Because mankind, sometimes we do let our kids down. Not to say we don't care. Sometimes we do fail. Sometimes we as leaders, we fail. We're 
No one's perfect. But no one can honestly say God doesn't care. Ever. Ever. Because God cares. God cares. He cares for you. He cares for each and every one of his own, for sure. His past record, of course, even proves this because of how hard the devil is trying to convince us that he doesn't care. Who's the liar? Who's the father of lies? Okay, don't forget that. We know who the father of lies is. It's Satan. It's not God. So when we understand who is putting this lie in my mind, in my heart, in my, in my, in, in, in my thinking, it's, it's the father of lies. It's not our heavenly father. You cannot go through this life without burdens and problems. Listen, Christian, you say, you know, I have another sermon that I preach. I actually was just preaching it in Congo this past year. Because, you know, so many times we get in this mindset of, and, and sadly, I mean, I was a part of some churches or some conferences where some of this stuff was even said over the years. But, you know, if, if things are going bad in your life, you have problems in your life, you have a sick loved one, you have... Uh, illness, you have something going on, be, you, check, out, check it out, God's chastening you for something. <sighs> no, no, not at all. But that's what oftentimes people will say. Oh, your loved one's sick, or you're going through some pain, or you're going through some problem. You know, listen, I, 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 this was the passage that I used, but you go into the gospel, two different gospels, you have this. But you know, when Jesus got done feeding the 5,000, he got done feeding all of these, doing these great miracles. These disciples had just given up everything to follow Jesus. They gave up their livelihoods, their jobs, their businesses. They gave up everything to follow Jesus. They're following Jesus. They just experienced amazing miracles that Jesus is performing. They're being discipled by Jesus himself. And then Jesus says, come on, let's get into a boat and let's go to the other side. And the scripture there says that they saw an exceedingly great storm. Were they dead center in God's will? You couldn't get any more in God's will than that second. They are with the Son of God. They're with the Son of God. They're with Jesus. And Jesus performs these miracles. They've given up everything for him. And now they face the greatest storm they had ever faced. Exceedingly great. They were fearful of their lives. They had spent days, weeks, months, years on that same sea. Now they've seen the greatest storm of their life, but they were smack in the middle of God's will. So it doesn't mean just because we have a storm, just because we have illness, just because we have sickness, that doesn't mean we're not in God's will. Amen? could quite mean that we're smack exactly where God wants us for another purpose. Because we know that all things work together for his good, right? Not always ours, but work together for his good. But we know these things. One reason that God allows these to come into our life is to prove that he cares. It's to prove that he cares. In fact, that's what happens when the disciples wake him up. Jesus, Jesus, don't you care? you see how they got deceived by Satan there? Don't you even care for us? And Jesus says, yes. That's not the point. The point isn't that I don't care. Yes, I care. He put them in that storm to show them how much he cares. It's an amazing thing there. 
Christian, listen. Elder, believer, child of his, he cares. He cares. No one ever cared for you like Jesus. No one's ever cared for you like him. There's no problem, no need uh, too big that God does not care. Uh, he, wouldn't, he, he wants to be your savior. And he is your savior. You know, he's not just your savior when it comes to salvation from hell. He's your savior from the pain. He can be the savior through the storm. He can be your savior through the financial setback. He can be your savior more than just one time. He, he wants to be that savior of yours. God doesn't force anyone to come to him. No one, no one doesn't force anyone to come to him. He wants you. He wants you to know how much he cares, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. My boys say to me often, in fact, they just did. They were, I only took my boys this past trip into Congo, and then we went from Congo into Sierra Leone, but we were into Congo, and then we went from Congo down to the Zambia border and into Zambia, just the edge. And, and um, my, my sons, oftentimes, my wife had already been with me into Congo and some of these places. My, this was the first time my boys had been with me. And my, my uh, older son, especially Aaron, he says, Dad, I, he must have said it five times at least on the trip, going to various different churches and going to various different outreaches and things that we've helped start and, and programs and mission, mission outreaches and stuff. And he says, Dad, I cannot even believe Mom comes here. He says, he says, it's like, Dad, I just don't get it. Why does mom come here? And I said the same thing. I said, because they need Christ. They need to know how much Jesus cares. They need to know how much that he cares. You know, and, it, you know, and every time you're there, God, God, God gives us, actually, Congo, I just told you, I was one of the places that I preached it was in Congo. Just as past trip, I preach it. We are back in this village, way back in this village, and, um, and it was dark. Once it gets dark, it gets dark. I mean, you try not to go out. You try to be done before it gets dark. Um, they don't ever have a Sunday evening service or any kind of midweek Bible study in the evening. Everything would be done during daylight hours because there's, there's no straight lights. There's no, you can, if you can imagine, there's only few people that will have little like solar power battery flashlight type things, you know, or a crank uh, uh, flashlights and things. And, uh, you know, so it's dark. It's dark, dark, dark. And you got to drive long distances. We had to drive on these uh, back roads. We had blown a tire uh, get going back there. We always, always, always you're blowing tires and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting when you're driving like that and you, you blow a tire, it's, it's fine. You know, you typically have a spare. And then you would think, okay, now the driver's going to slow down, right? Because you have no more tires, spares left. So now as you slow down and you're extra careful, you would think, no, they still want to drive like nuts, you know, through these crazy places. Uh, in fact, in February, my whole family was there. We're driving back into a deep village again, and we blew a one tire. You would think you would slow down, blow the other tire. Now you have no extra tires. Now you're just walking. 
for miles and miles and miles until you can hopefully find something. But anyway, going back. So we're in Congo, and uh, we, we, um, we're, we did this lesson. We did this session. We visited the village, the new church, and everything like that. And we're leaving. We're getting out. We're trying to get out before it gets just late, and it gets real can get real sketchy. That's the bottom line. It just can get super sketchy. There's multiple, multiple checkpoints. Um, you don't just go through a checkpoint. You go through multiple checkpoints. And there's, and when I say checkpoints, it's not like anything fancy like what you all would have here. Oftentimes it's a string or a rope, sometimes with just paper bags or plastic bags tied to it to kind of give you a little visual of the rope. Um, and they'll pull it across the road. Obviously, the rope wouldn't stop you, but the guns they have would. So you stop at the checkpoint because you obviously have to stop. Um, and, and usually they just want bribes or they want money or they want a gift or they want something, especially when they see the white guy. Um, they, they want something. But either way, you, 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 it's, it gets a, a little sketchy. So you, you try to not want to be out late. Well, this particular time we had to, just for the sake of the schedule and things that we had, we get through all the checkpoints. We think, all right, this is great. Everything's good. And then all of a sudden we notice the car kind of shudder and kind of take a little blah, blah, like, well, what's going on? We out of gas, you know, that type of a, a shudder. No, we weren't out of gas. Then we noticed the lights were dimming down real low. And so uh, some of you in here that are mechanically inclined with vehicles and things, you think, oh, right, that's not a big deal. Maybe it's your alternator, but then again, you know, depending on the vehicle, depending on various different things, you know, you can run without your alternator as long as your vehicle's still running. Well, that was not the kind of vehicle we had, apparently. So we get maybe another few miles and the car breaks down and we're dead, dead and, I mean, on the side of the road. There, are, there is no AAA there's no such thing as AAA. In fact, the entire 40-some I, 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 um, trips I've taken into the countries in Africa, I don't think I've ever, and I don't mean this facetiously, I don't think I've ever one time seen a tow truck. I don't even think they have them. I really don't. There's nowhere to call. There's no one like that that you can get a hold of. We're broke down. You know, somebody finally brings a battery and they said, well, we can jump it. Well, that's only going to last so long, obviously, especially at nighttime when you have to run your lights. So we did that. But that, again, that only lasted for, you know, 30 minutes, maybe. We get 30 more minutes. You know, there's no jumper cables. There's no, there's no nothing. It's like, God, what are you doing? What in the world are we doing? Finally, another vehicle. You won't even believe what we were able to do. But lo and behold, this gentleman, he said, by the way, they did not seriously have jumper cables. They don't have jumper cables. No one in the country, they didn't even know what I was talking about when I said, do you have jumper cables? Didn't even have a clue what I was talking about. He said, well, I have a little bit of cable in the back of my car. I was like, well, what is it? You know, it looked like almost some type of electrical wire, uh, but only single strand inside the plastic, and a, but very small. Uh, not super small, but anyway, you know, that's what we used. We had to hold it on the batteries, you know, with our thumbs holding it on um, to, get the, to get the connection. And I know, right? It's really fun. It's, uh, it's always an adventure, always. And then, uh, you know, and then, then honestly, then as we're, as we're continuing, so then we're like, okay, so now what do we do? The alternator's no good. It still doesn't do you any good. We want to spend the night out here. That would be their way of doing it. 
Typically, that's what happens. You break down, you sleep under the vehicle is where they normally sleep. They don't sleep in it. They lay down on the ground under the vehicle so that way they can guard the vehicle, keep it. It wasn't really my choice for that in the evening. But, uh, but you know, then we ended up, you know, a vehicle did. We did get a vehicle. We had to run. I know you're going to say, this is, this is hillbilly. I know, I know. But God said, you know, all you need is an alternator, just a little bit of juice to continue to keep that electronic ignition or whatever it is on that vehicle going. So we ended up running those cables over top the other vehicle, connected to the battery so that you could get a little alternator from the opposite, driving like 5, 10 mile an hour for 30, 40 miles. Insane, right? You say, God, what are you doing? We're here trying to serve you. I almost felt like Peter. Is this really worth it? Yes, it is. And no one ever cared for us like Jesus. No one ever cared for us like Jesus. Listen, folks, whatever it is, cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. Would you hear that this evening? He cares for you. He cares for you. No one ever cared for you like him. He cares for you. And you know, I wouldn't be able to. As a dad, I wouldn't be able to do what we do if I didn't do this. Because these kids are not my kids, they're his. They're his kids. Yeah, he's given them to me, but they're not mine. I'm supposed to train them up, rear them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And they're his. And most people, stateside, so I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put my kids in that situation, that danger area. I'm not going to take my wife there. I'm not, and you know, I wouldn't force any, I wouldn't force any of them either. But I'm glad that they've learned the same. We've got to cast our burden to the Lord because he's the one that cares for us. We can't, if we think we're big enough, strong enough, mighty enough, man enough that we're going to keep it, that's when we fail. Because we can't keep the burden. We can't keep it all. The heartache, the storms, they're going to come. They're going to come. They're going to come to the, to the righteous and to the unrighteous, to the just and the unjust, they're going to come. But the difference is we can cast them to the Lord. We can just keep casting them to the Lord and say, God, it's yours. God, it's yours. I don't understand this storm. This is the greatest storm I've ever seen, but it's yours. I'm going to give it back to you because you told me to. You told me to cast our burden to the Lord. And we've got to leave it there. Amen. Father, we love you and I do thank you, Lord.